If you're just joining in, we've been walking through the Lord's Prayer over the last couple of weeks together, and I hope that it's been a blessing to you. It certainly has been to me. God has really been working personally, even in my own life, in my prayer life. It's been fun even on Monday mornings, uh, joining together as a family, starting off our week from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., just really pressing into the Lord. And I want you to know that every single person that's here in this room, you are invited to come and join us in the game room on Monday morning, okay, from 8 to 9 a.m. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, you may have made the plan, and then something happens on Monday morning. The, the, it's like the enemy gets into your blankets, and he's just like, it's a little bit too comfortable, you know? Like, I'll go next week, all right? So we want to encourage you, definitely, everyone here is welcome, all right? So turn to your neighbor to your right and say, you're welcome to come too. You're welcome to come too. You're welcome to come too. Your neighbor to your left, let them know. You're welcome to come too. You're welcome to come too. We'd love to see you here on Monday. Well, take out your Bibles, your notebooks, and your linear inscribers. That's something to write with, okay? And uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Make some noise for the Word of God here in the BCM. Yes, indeedy. And uh, over the last, again, few weeks, we've been walking through the Lord's Prayer. And in this study, we have discovered prayer is not a routine. Say routine. No, no, no. What, teaches, what, what Jesus teaches here in Matthew 6 is uh, it's a rhythm, not a presentation, but a pattern, not a formula, but a flow. Say a flow. Say a flow. How many of y'all got some rhythm? Anybody got some rhythm in the house? Joseph, you got some rhythm? I hope you do, brother. I hope you do. Yeah. We'll see tomorrow night if you really have some rhythm at the late night event. We'll really see. All right. And if you're stiff, I'm calling you out. Okay. I'm just saying. All right. So anyway, hey, there was a time here in scripture specifically in Matthew 6 where Jesus, uh, his disciples, they looked at him and they said, Jesus, would you teach us to pray? He started off and he said, pray like this. He begins to walk them through really a pattern. And it's a pattern we can even see, man, played out throughout uh, the Lord's prayer. The first way that the that the Jesus he starts off is with praise. Say praise. No, say it again. Say praise. 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 Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Matthew six nine, and then he moves into the next part of it is a agenda. Praying for God's agenda to come into your life. It's what we even just sang about here just a few moments ago. Where yours is the kingdom, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then begin to pray for your provision. We talked about this even last week through uh, Pastor Zelvis. He unpacked uh, this verse in Matthew 6, 11. Give us today, say today, our daily bread. Forgiveness moves into the next part. Forgiveness, Matthew 6, 12. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. Lord, help us there on that part right there. Then he moves into protection. Do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Matthew 6, 13. And then there's a doxology. It's like a, a hymn of praise in Matthew 6, 13, the last part of there. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And somebody shout amen. 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 So tonight, we're going to zero in on just this phrase. We're just going one phrase at a time, which is really helpful for at least a person like me who has ADHD, you know, like to just focus on one phrase at a time. So tonight we're focusing in on and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. There is not a single person, I would say, by the way, in this room that should be able to put their head on their pillow tonight without a clear conscience, no matter who you are and no matter what you have Tonight, I want us to first uh, start off 
really with the first part, forgive us our debts. I, I don't know uh, if you've grown up, okay, in the church, around the church. It's very possible that tonight is your first time even just hearing about Jesus, who God is. But the God of the Bible, he is a forgiving God. If you know that to be true, somebody say amen in the house. I know that he is. I know it for myself, not just because someone told me about it. I know for myself, God is a forgiving God. No matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, any of those things, God is a forgiving God. In fact, you and I are one confession away from receiving the forgiveness of God. You are one confession away from receiving the forgiveness of, of, of God. Now, here's what we can do when we sin. How many of you know, first of all, you have sinned in your life? Raise your hand if you know you have sinned. Look at all these sinners in the room, all right? So just in case you thought, I'm alone. No, you're not alone. Starting with me first. I said both ends up. I have sinned and sinned regularly, but I'm grateful for forgiving God. And we have the choice when we sin. We can do a couple of things. Outside of confessing our sin, we could rationalize our sin, which oftentimes we can do that. We can rationalize it. Uh, I can't wait till our boys can talk. It's going to be kind of funny watching them try to rationalize their sin, you know. You can already kind of see it happen even now with our, and they're only our boys, by the way, if you don't know, they're 18 months. They're tiny, all right? And uh, just do their behavior right now. I love them, and they're awesome. They look great, but they got, they got a sin nature, let me tell you. I didn't know what I had to be like a referee so early on, you know, like, you know, Break it up, Jude, in justice. And they're looking at me like, what's the deal? You know, like, what's the problem? Hey, listen, we can rationalize our sin. You can say something like this. Hey, it's not hurting anybody. Or you can say, it was just a one-time thing. Or your response could be, man, I was forced. I had no choice. I was forced into it. We can rationalize our sin or we can compare our sin. That is a choice. As long as my sin isn't as bad as somebody else's, then I'm good is a thought that you and I can have in our mind. Uh, here's another thing. You can say this. As long as my sin isn't criminal, like it ain't going to put me in jail, I'm good. <laughs> or we can re repress our sin. You may think this. I just don't want to think about it. So I push it down as deep as I can push it down. It's pretty crazy. There's a guy whose name is David in Scripture. And David, he had made a massive mess in his life. He, uh, he committed adultery with someone by the name of Bathsheba. She was married to a guy named Uriah. We aren't there tonight. I'm just kind of catching you up to speed in case you had not heard of this story. He committed murder. He tried to cover up her sin, his sin, all of these things. And one of the things that's very interesting in the psalm is he says is that my sin was ever before me. Like he tried to repress it. He tried to like ignore it and get away from it, but he went to sleep and woke back up and it was still there. By the way, it reminds me that there are a lot of things that do heal over time, but a guilty conscience is not one of those things that heals over time. You got to deal with it. You can repress it, but it will still be there. Or we can project our sin. We can project the, the guilt that we feel, our sin, onto somebody else. God is a forgiving God. I hope, by the way, when you leave tonight, you leave encouraged. Because here's the deal. Each one of us in this room, we have a past. Each one of us that's in this room, we have, we have things in our past, in our story, that we are not proud about. Anybody else besides me in the room that had things in your past, you just say, I'm not proud about that. I'm not proud that it happened. I'm not proud that I did that. 
We all have those things. It's very possible that there are those under the sound of my voice even here tonight who wonder, could God forgive me for that? Is it possible that God forgive me? That thing was so horrible, so disgusting that I did. There's no way in the world that God could forgive me for that. If you hear last Thursday, Alina shared a little bit about that. You talked about God's forgiveness. Set us up for tonight. You asked the same question in your own life. God, could you forgive? And God's response was, of course I can. Speaking of God's forgiveness, if I were to break this down, the forgiveness that God offers, if you're on the screen, his, his forgiveness, it is instant, it is always, it is total, it is final, and it is free. Oh, that's some good news. So I'm going to say it to you again, all right? The forgiveness that God offers, it is instant, say instant. It is always, say always. It is total, say total. It is final, say final. And it is free, say free. We'll say it again just so, so it gets down in your spirit so you're dreaming about it tonight, okay? The forgiveness that God offers, it is instant, say instant. instant. It is always, say always. always. Oh, it is final, say final. It is free, say free. I'm grateful for the forgiveness of God. Can I be honest with you tonight? Can I be vulnerable with you tonight? I'm always honest with you, but can I be vulnerable with you? Is that okay? Let me just look around the room and just make sure I get yeses in the room. Is that all right? All right, okay. Even if not, I'm still going to be vulnerable with you, all right? You say, JR, because the thing is, is that a lot of times people can stand up here and you can think, man, that individual, they got it all together. I am a human. I do not. So maybe someone else that speaks from here does, but I don't. And there definitely was a time in my life where I really wrestled with the forgiveness, really receiving God's forgiveness in my life. Can I be vulnerable with you? Is that okay? Uh, I remember specifically... In high school, there was a moment uh, in my life when I was introduced to something that was anonymous, accessible, affordable, because it's, it presents itself to be free on the front end, but it costs a whole lot on the back end. It's called pornography. And when I was introduced, man, to that, no one was in my home, I uh, put this is when we had VCRs, okay, at this time, all right? And I remember, like, putting the VCR, put this tape into the VCR and hit play. Didn't know what it was out of curiosity to figure out what it was. And it was pornography that came up on the screen, and it took me into a downward spiral. It became an addiction in my life uh, for several years, by the way. And I remember, man, going back to it and then asking God, like, God, could you forgive me? Even getting to the point to where I thought, God, he's going to get tired of forgiving me. There's going, to go, there's going to come a point to where he's going to say, I can't, I can't forgive you. But I am here as a witness. If you want to talk more about this even later on, I would love to, because I am here as a witness. First of all, to tell you, God, he does forgive. I'm a witness of that. He's forgiven Jonathan, not just Jay, that's my full name, okay? Jonathan Adam Sanders. I'm thankful for his forgiveness. Not only does he forgive, this is a whole other message, and we won't even go there. I won't let my ADD take us this way, but I will tell you this. God is, he's also able to free you from any addiction that you have in your life. And you say, Jay, you know that I know it for myself. Can't speak for anybody else, but I'm thankful that today I'm able to stand and live in the forgiveness and the freedom that God offers. And someone else here 
has that testimony as well. They know that God forgives, and he's able to free you. And if you are in bondage, even tonight, this wasn't a part of my notes, but maybe it's just spirit-led. If you are in bondage tonight to some addiction, there's help for you. And you don't have to live there. Come and talk to somebody. You're part of a community here at the BCM. We care about you. The forgiveness that God offers, it is instant, it is always, it is total, it is final, and it is free. So let's start, first of all, with instant. Say instant. The moment that you and I, we confess our sins, his forgiveness, it comes instantly. You say, Jay, what is confession? It's when we say the same thing about our sin as God says about our sin. We don't try to make any excuses. We don't try to, man, cut any corners. We just, we agree with God about our sin. We say the same exact thing about our sin as God says about our sin. In other words, it's a way of saying we tell on ourselves. You know, like, especially when you're younger, it's very easy to tell on somebody else. But when you're confessing, you're telling on yourself. Scripture says, I know it's the verse that we, many of us already know, but it's good to be reminded of. It's an encouraging verse as well. It says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is, God is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Anybody grateful for that? Let me ask you again. Anybody grateful for that? Let me ask you again. Anybody grateful for that? So grateful. But did you see how the verse started off? Can you put the verse back on the screen, first of all? It says, if. You got a choice. God's not going to force you to confess. But you and I, we do have a choice. We have the choice to tell on ourselves. God already knows anyway. If we confess our sins, we will find in God First of all, he's faithful. Say faithful. He is just, and he will forgive us our sins seven days later. Is that what it says? He will forgive us our sins a month later. He will forgive us our sins a year later. No, that's not what it says. There's no delay. It says he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all, say all, unrighteousness. Oh, God's forgiveness, it is instant. So even tonight, no matter what you have done, where you have been, if you ask God, if you confess your sins, you ask him to forgive you, his forgiveness will come instantly. Confession. It says in Isaiah 5, 7, God is merciful and quick to forgive. Unlike me and you. Let's be honest. Sometimes when people sin against us, we're like, and they come and ask us for forgiveness, sometimes we're like, I got to think about that for a minute. Let me get around to it. Give me a couple of weeks and maybe I will forgive. I am so glad God is not like us. Amen? God is merciful and quick to forgive. Now, here's the deal. We have a choice. We could conceal our sins, but you can't prosper that way. You say, Jay, how can you say that? Well, Scripture says that. In Proverbs 28, 13, it says this, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. That's God's word. But, say but, if they confess and turn from their sin, they will receive mercy. God can heal what we reveal, but he cannot heal what we conceal. Let me say it to you again. 
God can heal what we reveal, but he cannot heal what we conceal. You're talking about revival? Ismarie mentioned earlier, your stories of an outpouring of the Spirit of God, revival has taken place at a small Christian school in Kentucky. And people, a lot of times, are afraid of that because in order for there to be revival meant to come, that means, listen, somebody's got to get right with God. God shines a light in your life and in my life. And there's confession and repentance that has to take place. There's no concealing that takes place when revival comes. It's all out in the light. But God, when we bring it to light, he can heal what we reveal. Psalm 32, verse 3, David says, When I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. There literally is a, a physical impact that can happen to even our physical bodies when we choose not to confess our sins. Pretty interesting. But God's forgiveness, it is instant and it is always. Say always. So I can get back up here at this point, at this time, even next year, and say the same thing. And it would still be true about the forgiveness of God. Because it's forgiveness, it isn't only instant, it is always, always as well. Nehemiah 9, verse 17, it says this, But you are God of forgiveness, always ready to pardon. Always ready to pardon. God will never tire with his forgiveness toward you and me. I'm so stinking grateful for that. His forgiveness is also, it is total. Say total. No, say it again. Say total. <laughs> In Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, it says this. He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, praise God, which stood against us. He has taken it all away, nailing it to the cross. Hallelujah. Praise God. It is because of, man, the price that Jesus paid on the cross for you and for me that our forgiveness, when it comes to us, it is total. He paid for our sin debt in full. You got to understand that it may not have cost us anything, but it cost Christ everything. That nails, those nails that were placed, okay, in the cross, it didn't just go into the cross. It went through his flesh into the cross. And because of that, He's able to forgive us all of our sins. Jesus has paid our sin debt in full. Anybody grateful for that? I know that I am. In fact, we finish tonight. Before we wrap up, we're going to be singing that, I believe, tonight, how Jesus, he's paid it off. So grateful for that. Psalm 103, talking about that as well. God's forgiveness, it is final. Say final. Here's a verse that backs that up. Psalm 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, if that verse isn't strong enough for you, check this out in Hebrews 8, 12. I will forgive your wickedness and will remember your sins no more. Is it that God has Alzheimer's? No, I hope not. He doesn't have Alzheimer's. He could choose to remember, no, but when we confess our sins, he separates our sins, scripture says, as far as the east is from the west. Now, I'm not that very smart, but let me just tell you this. How far is the east from the west? Very far. So far that the two shall never, ever touch. And then he makes the choice as well never to remember our sin anymore. 
which makes me think, man, I remember my sin until I remember that God has made the choice not to remember my sin anymore, specifically my confessed sin. Praise God for that. Here's another one. God bless you. Hope you're good back there. Here's another one. Isaiah 43, verse 25. says, I am he, God, who blots out all your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. God's forgiveness, it is instant. It is always, it is total, it is final, and it is free. I'm grateful for that. There's somebody that is here even tonight, you need that encouragement. You need to be reminded that God, he forgives. And even if you were to do an inventory from, your, from head to toe, maybe there's things in your mind where you say, God, I need your forgiveness for, he forgives. If you were to go down to your ears and the things that you have listened to even recently, maybe there were things that you know it would not please the Lord. God forgives. Let's go to our mouths, okay? Because sometimes we can have big old mouths. And we say things with these mouths that we know that God, man, it would not bring pleasure to his heart. But even if that is the case, listen, if you confess it, he forgives. How about if you to go down to your heart, your character, the person that you are becoming? God, he forgives. Maybe there's things in your character you say, it doesn't represent or reflect man, the character of Christ. Confess it. He forgives. Say he forgives. He forgives. You go to your hands representing things that you have done. God forgives. If you go down to your feet, you know, these feet, they can take us to places we should not be. These legs can take us to places that are some of the darkest places here on the earth. God, he forgives. And in his grace, he's able to reroute us and bring us back into a place where we are back in right standing with him. God forgives. The last part of this verse we'll talk about here in just a few moments, and then I want to give you a chance to talk about it in amongst yourselves. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our debts as we forgive others who have sinned against us. Is there anybody in the room? Now, confession, um, I had a pastor who would say this, saying, Pastor Tommy, he, used to have as well, but he's retired now. He'd say this, that forgiveness, he'd say, he would say that confession is good for the soul, hard on the reputation. Pastor Ken would say that all the time. And it is true. How many of you would say, Jay, honestly, I struggle at times with forgiving other people who have wronged me in my life. Anybody in the room raise your hand and say that? Would anybody say there's been a time in my life where I struggle to forgive others who have hurt me or, or wronged me? Well, this next part may be for you. When somebody sins against you or Jay, we got a choice. We can release it, rehearse it, resent them, or release them. We can release it or rehearse it, resent them, or release them. Jesus is assuming, by the way, that if you are in Christ, you're going to forgive. That a natural response in receiving God's forgiveness, which he forgives much, is that we would easily forgive others who have wronged us. But I would say to you tonight, if you are struggling to forgive someone in your life, first of all, I've been there. It's very possible that in your own life, even right now, you're struggling to also receive the forgiveness of God in an area in your own life. You say, Jay, 
Really? Have you really struggled with forgiving other people? Oh, yes, I have. I'm human. There are folks who have wronged me. If you've been around, you've heard me even share just uh, bits and pieces of my testimony, my story growing up, being adopted, never knowing my biological mom or dad, experiencing physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse in my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, I have plenty, plenty to be angry about in my life. And there were many times where I harbored unforgiveness and bitterness in my life. But here's the deal. If you are in Christ, you need to remember this. God has forgiven you. You say, why should I forgive somebody else? Well, God has forgiven you. And imagine if God took the same posture, the same heart posture towards you as you're taking towards another person who has hurt you. If he's looked at you and he said, I'm not going to forgive you of the things that you have done. Listen, you and I will never be asked to forgive anybody more than God has already forgiven you. Somebody say amen in the house. God has forgiven you and me of our mess, our sin, our things that we've done in the past. And for those of us who are Christ followers, it should lead us then to freely forgive others as well. Now, I'm not going to pretend that that's easy. But with his help, the help of the Holy Spirit of God, it may be a process. He can help us to forgive those who have wronged us. Listen, we have, we have gospel grace, and we also have common grace. Gospel grace is uh, the, the local churches that we are part of. Gospel grace is the fact that we get to be a part of this family called the BCM. Gospel grace is we have God's word. That's gospel grace. And then there is common grace. Listen, there are those who may have hurt you so deeply that you may need both. Not just gospel grace, but it's possible you may need even a specialist, like a biblical counselor, who can step into your life and, and help you navigate through that unforgiveness that is there. I know that to be true because I've needed that in my own life. And I'm so thankful that God uses both gospel grace and common grace. And if you're here tonight, and maybe you say, Jay, there's been some folks in my life that have hurt me so bad. And I get it. I need God's gospel grace, but I'm not even quite sure where to even start with common grace. But first of all, you have family here at the BCM who care for you, that will love you, that will walk with you. But in addition to that, it's very possible that you say, but I need a specialist. I need a biblical counselor. I'm not quite sure where to begin. Come and talk to one of us. Talk to me. We have some resources to be able to help you with that. God forgives. And that should help us to forgive others because unforgiveness will always make you miserable. How many have experienced that before? I, when I think back in my life about the individuals who was hard for me to forgive, they were still living their life. They didn't care. They didn't care that I was holding on to my my bitterness, my unforgiveness, they could care less. They were still living their life. It was my own unforgiveness that was really keeping me in a prison. And I had to say, Lord, help me to identify what debt do I believe this individual owes me? And then with the help of your Holy Spirit, would you help me to release them of that debt? God forgives. You say, why should I forgive others? Well, God has forgiven you, and also because unforgiveness will always make you miserable. And do you want to go to your grave someday as a miserable person? I know I don't want to. And God has better for you than that. God says, when it comes to forgiveness, pray this, pray like this, and forgive us our debts, and we have 
as we have also have forgiven our debtors. God's forgiveness is instant, it is always, it is total, it is final, and it is free. The last part is, when someone sins against you, you can release it, you can rehearse it, you can resent them, or you can release them. God forgives, and he helps us to forgive. God forgives, and he helps us to forgive. It's encouraging news. It's good news for our weary souls. We need them.